0: I'm Kevin Price, you're listening to the nationally syndicated Price of Business program. Marianne Fairmouth, she's a regular on the Price of Business Media Network, and we love having her on the program each week, bringing her insight, particularly from her book that uh, I consider revolutionary when it comes to recruiting. You can learn more about Marianne over at Fairmouth,
1: that's dot com. Within the confines of your role, there are plenty of opportunities to make change. You can change some of the tasks that you do. You can add tasks. You can subtract tasks. And again, obviously, within the confines of what you were hired to do, you can't just remove things if it's going to mean somebody else is doing your job. Or you can also add relational components. For instance, maybe you're somebody who has done by having conversations with people. Or maybe you get jazzed up by mentoring people. You can take on roles within confines of the job that you already have that weren't necessarily assigned to you, but still make sense within what your role is.
0: There are opportunities for our work and careers everywhere, if you know where to look. That's easier said than done, especially in our fast-paced and constantly changing world. Marianne Fairmouth is talking to experts, employers, and job seekers to bring you insight and understanding about what's possible. This is Career Can Do, where we're navigating the new work world. Welcome to the Career Can Do podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you navigate the new work world. My name is Marianne Fairmouth. I'll be your host for this episode today, and I am just delighted to have a guest on my show that's really doing some very, very important innovative things in the new work world. Alison Paul is the founder of Change Agent Coaching for Women and Others and is passionate about helping people reinvent themselves. After 25 years of building a traditionally successful corporate career, she reinvented herself to become her own happy boss, launching several successful businesses and parlaying her professional experience as a CPA and corporate strategist into helping others navigate transition, build businesses, and create their dream life. I was really excited to have her on the show because as an author and having written the book Revolutionary Reinvention, I thought having someone on this show that's actually working with people, actually making it happen, would be real good information for others to share. So after that incredibly long introduction, without further ado, Help me welcome Allison. Allison's Helen, everybody.
1: Hey, so great to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Well,
0: it's just our pleasure to have you. And tell us, what was the point in your career or your life that made you make this complete reinvention of yourself and then going forward to be able to do it so successfully that you're able to help others?
1: People talk so much about burnout, and I can't say that I ever had burnout. It was more of the rust out. I was tired of what I was doing. I didn't feel like I had a lot of, you know, there wasn't a lot of purpose to what I was doing in my mind. And I just lost interest. And I had always kind of been interested in having my own business, but who isn't? Everybody wants to be their own boss. So I got fortunate because I know a lot of people don't have the opportunity, nor are they successful sometimes when you try it. But I got lucky right out of the shoot. My first endeavor was I was very into personal training and I certified as a personal trainer, and I I started a business, actually, training executives, women, particularly. And I grew the business to about 14 trainers, and then I sold it, and then I launched into something else. But I had the opportunity to do something that I was passionate about. If you're going to launch up and do something else, you have to have some passion.
0: I totally agree with you. And I think the fact that we started off with the personal training, I mean, that says a lot right there in so many ways to me because to become our best self, to be fine feel good about who we are, how we present, how we feel good in our own skin. I think that opens up so many doors going forward in our personal and professional lives.
1: Absolutely. In terms of training and physical fitness, it's, it's just about being healthy, feeling like your best self, like you said. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, you work with people who often come from traditional workplace backgrounds so that are now in transition, maybe considering Entrepreneurship. How do you help them figure out their next move? I mean, that's a huge change.
1: It is a huge change. And as you're well aware, I mean, you wrote the book about reinvention. A lot of it is starting at the beginning. You know, what is it that you value? What does purpose mean for you? Why are you interested in making this big change? And a lot of times, I think, particularly post-pandemic, we talk about so many people leaving the workforce to go and do other things. A lot of it is just general dissatisfaction. It may not be that you necessarily want to be an entrepreneur. So basically, we start at the beginning. We we go through what your strengths and your skills are. What's important to you is work-life balance important to you. It may not be that entrepreneurship is the thing. I mean, as most people probably are aware, 20% of new small businesses fail in the first year, 45% in the first five. Only 25% of small businesses make it to 15 years. So- unless you're on the tail end of your career, if you're just starting out, you know, you're kind of young, 15 years isn't very long. The odds are not necessarily in your favor. So whenever I'm working with somebody who thinks that entrepreneurship is for them, we really talk a lot about all of the risks that come with being your own boss. You wear all the hats. And if somebody kind of passes muster with themselves in terms of being able to accept the financial risk, the operational risk, all the Marketing risks, all the different things that they really think that this is something that they want to do and they have the money to sustain themselves for the next six to 12 months in the event that they don't make any money in the first year. Then we move on to how to start a business. But the first part is integral because maybe what you're doing right now just needs to be retooled. You know, the majority of of Americans work for an employer, and maybe the answer is right in front of you and that you need to adjust what it is that you're doing.
0: I agree. And I like that word, retool, because I'm the kind of consultant, the kind of executive recruiter that will tell a candidate or to tell an employer, let's try to see what we have here and let's see what we can do before we jump ship or before we totally change. Let's see if we can make what we've got work. Maybe we need a little- Absolutely. I agree wholeheartedly. You know, Maybe we need a little tweaking on your end. Maybe we need a little tweaking on the candidate's end. So before we jump off the cliff here, let's see what we've got, what's not working and why, and if we can first fix what we have before we move on to change altogether. Do you
1: agree with that strategy? Oh, I completely agree. And I think that it's the whole throwing the baby out with the bathwater kind of analogy. It doesn't make sense in that situation. And most people most people can adapt what they're doing in their current circumstances, either to move into another role or... Change the job you have. There's a term for it, job crafting. It doesn't require that you get the sign off of your boss. This is internal, changing things internally.
0: And I think that's very important what you said, internal. Any kind of change has to start with us, okay? It's really easy to point the finger and say, they did this, they did that wrong. This company's not the right company for me. This person said this they shouldn't have. Let's stop right there, all that. Let's look inside of us. How can we become our best self? What can we tweak within us to be able to make a greater contribution? The other thing, you know, you mentioned this earlier. I think COVID made a lot of us reevaluate in many ways about our mortality, about our overall work-life balance, as you said. Are we happy in our lives? And made us reevaluate. But I think at the same time, and you're addressing this, we need to first start with us. Look within. How can I change some of the things? I think it's mindset. It's like a garden. It's like you plant that seed in a garden and you don't take care of that seed and nourish it and water it and make sure it's going to grow properly. That seed's that's going to die. So we're on the same page here. But let me ask you this. You know, if somebody comes to you, Allison, and they're working in a traditional workplace environment, but they want to reinvent themselves or rediscover their purpose, How do you do that? I mean, that's a huge kind of task. How do you tell them to start? What do you tell them to do?
1: If you've done that sort of internal work, and if we go back to people wanting to rediscover or reinvent post-COVID or even before that, there's a level of dissatisfaction that somebody has typically. But if you don't, to your point, it's like the seed and that analogy, if you don't go internally and look at who it is that you want to be and what you want your life to look like, It doesn't matter whether you have it in your head to become an entrepreneur or get another job or change the job that you have. If you aren't able to write down on paper what your skills and strengths are, what you're passionate about, what gives purpose and meaning for you, what gets you up out of bed every day, because that's the foundation. Without that, we really have nothing to work with. We don't have groundwork. So that's where we start. And I typically spend quite a bit of time with people talking about those things, just asking any number of questions that get people to start thinking about where they are and who they want to be and where they want to go. Let's say that we determine that this particular person doesn't really want to make a big change. They just want to be happier or they want to feel more fulfilled. They want to do more things that make them happy. Within the confines of your role, there are plenty of opportunities to make change. You can change some of the tasks that you do, you can add tasks, you can subtract tasks, and again, obviously, within the confines of what you were hired to do, you can't just remove things if it's going to mean somebody else is doing your job. Or you can also add relational components. For instance, maybe you're somebody who jazzed up by having conversations with people, or maybe you get jazzed up by mentoring people. You can take on roles within confines of the job that you already have that weren't necessarily assigned to you, but still make sense within. What your role is. You can add meaning to what you do by really thinking about, well, how am I contributing not only to my own family, but to the organization, to the world at large? That's just a matter of perspective. It's so really just taking what you have and looking at it. There's so many things we could all do. Just imagine if you're, I don't know, a customer service rep, what other things could you do that would add meaning to what you do? If you're on the phone every day and answering questions, you can add little steps to this. Maybe you ask people about their day because you're building rapport. There are all sorts of things that we can do to make our jobs feel more meaningful to us without just quitting.
0: I agree. And I think, you know, taking responsibility first with where you are, what's going on, instead of the blame game. Taking responsibility. I really respect candidates who come to me and say, you know, Marianne, I made a mistake. I made a mistake. I was with this employer. You know, my dad died. My, you know, I got a divorce. And you know what? I wasn't focusing and I couldn't do the job and I made a mistake. You know what? I'll go to the wall for that person because yeah. that person is taking responsibility and telling me, you know what? I did something wrong. I'm admitting I did, but now I'm picking myself up, dusting myself off and ready to go forward. Wayne Dyer wrote a wonderful book called Power of Intention. I think what we have in our minds, our intentions, we can manifest those intentions. But I think it like we talked about earlier, it all starts with us now. You talk about this job crafting, and that's a new idea for me. I mean, I know there's a lot of different, I would say, explanations of job crafting. But when you say it, Allison, what do you mean? What do you consider job crafting?
1: to be? Yeah, I, I would describe it as customizing and reshaping kind of the boundaries of your role. Whatever it is, wherever you fit in the hierarchy, there are ways to change what you do to make it more meaningful, to give it more purpose. And to just make you want to get out of bed to come and do it. Typically, there can be different components to it. But generally speaking, we're looking at changing task crafting, which is changing the tasks, altering them. And we're not talking about drastic change. And this isn't necessarily the last change you might make. It might be the first thing you do. You change a couple of things. Maybe we take away something that it's a job that you've done for a long time. You take away a step that doesn't add value to the outcome. Okay. That makes you happier. You feel as if you're not wasting your time. Maybe you add a step, like being friendlier, more friendly to the people that you're working with, or you add in, like I mentioned, mentoring or something like that. You add in additional steps to what you do to make it more meaningful to you. That goes back to the skills and interests. You have to have figured out what your skills and interests are so that it makes sense. You know, The tasks that you add make sense. Then there's relationship crafting, and I mentioned that before. Maybe you're a person who really is energized by interactions with other people, but the role you have doesn't, you know, you could be a factory worker. Maybe you have one specific thing you do and it doesn't offer you the opportunity to interact with people. There is the opportunity to look around and see if there's something else that you could do voluntarily, add it to your role. Again, maybe mentoring somebody or maybe you join, you know, a union group and you become a leader in that regard. All kinds of things. You just have to look outside. No one else is responsible for you. You're responsible for your own happiness. And you have to, to your point, take on that responsibility. Or again, as I mentioned before, maybe it's that you need to change the way you perceive the meaning of what you do. And a great example would be let's say you work in a hotel, for instance, and you're on the cleaning staff. There are lots of ways to add meaning and purpose to what you do by thinking of how important that your customers feel valued and appreciated and that without you, their stay would not be the quality of stay that they get. That's just an example, but that's a situation where you don't have to add any tasks. You don't have to necessarily develop new relationships. You just change your perception of how you're adding value to the world. And value, we all want to feel valued in what we do. It's important to us to feel as if what you're doing has some meaning and purpose to not only yourself, but other people in the world.
0: No, I agree. And also networking right now is really crucial. And organizations like Toastmasters or Rotary, you know, I'm real big into Toastmasters. I think so highly of that organization and Rotary too, but I'm very involved in Toastmasters. The great thing about Toastmasters, in my opinion, is it teaches you how to become a good speaker, how to become a good leader. But more importantly, it teaches you how to mentor somebody else. It teaches you how to help somebody else. In my opinion, the way I live my life and do my job is the more we can help others, the more we can share our talents and our visions and our expertise, and the more we can be benevolent in trying to help somebody else, the more the universe is going to help us.
1: Exactly. And that's an inherent part or can be an inherent part of job crafting, making your job more meaningful in that way. This isn't some panacea. It's not going to change your life significantly, but how you feel about your life. And helping others is always beneficial.
0: Is there ever a point when somebody comes to you, Allison, can you say to them, I understand you're disheartened, you're not happy, but you know, we've been talking now a few weeks and I really think you've got a good thing here. We just need to tweak a few things. Does it ever come out like that? Or is it always where you suggest you got to make a big change?
1: No, no, absolutely. I would dare say more often than not. Again, I do work with people who are interested in being entrepreneurs. But we don't work on that until we've covered all the ground beforehand to make sure that's the direction we want to go. I would say that 90% of the people that I work with, we don't end up making big change. We end up tweaking what already exists. It, the whole baby with the bathwater thing the grass looks greener over here, but we spend a lot of time thinking about what is it that you want your life to look like? And very often, what you have, most things are pretty good.
0: Mm-hmm. One of the things I'm running into now as an executive recruiter with a lot of my clients is during COVID, obviously, a lot of people worked remotely and a lot of clients now want people to come in and the candidates got kind of used to working remotely. And so if it's a job where you're in front of a computer all day long, they want to stay home and work from home. But there's a lot of studies out there, I mean, Wall Street Journal, Harvard Business Review, a lot of studies recently, a lot of articles recently that I've read talk about the benefits of working in a group, of working with people. And someone comes to you and says, you know, I just don't want to go in. I want to work remotely and I'm not about to change that. What do you say? How do you Yeah, have- I mean
1: that's a that's a tough conversation. And I've had those conversations. And really it requires that the person go deep to understand for themselves, you know, what is so valuable about this and kind of look at the flip side. Why do you think the company wants you to come in? What value is added by you being there with the other people? And sometimes people will get the point and realize, well, maybe I can work with my company to kind of have a hybrid thing. More often than not, we're seeing a lot of that. The two to three days in kind of thing. But sometimes you get people who just absolutely have put their feet down. And it's not my job to change somebody's mind. It's my job to help somebody understand their mind. And that's all I can do.
0: That's good advice. All right, we're kind of getting near the end here. And I always like to leave the listeners with two salient points from the guest, as far as what you can say or what you can suggest. To really help our, our listeners gain some good information that will help them on their journey to success and to get there, hopefully, in, in a more expeditious way. So what would those two salient points be that you'd like to leave our listeners with today?
1: Yeah. We've talked a lot about, well, obviously, reinvention, but change. And I think it's important to remember that change doesn't have to be radical. We have that phrase, radical change. Change doesn't have to be radical to be substantial. It could do small tweaks, small changes. And when you set goals for yourself, don't overwhelm. Two to three solid goals are all you need to be attempting at any one given time. So that's something I work with my clients about because we all, when you think about reinvention, people want to reinvent the entire wheel. It's not necessary in order to change the life satisfaction that you experience. The other thing would be, honestly, it goes back to what you were saying about taking responsibility. Nobody is responsible for our own happiness, other than us. You're lucky if your family cares, you know, and you're close friends, but ultimately you bear the responsibility. So if you're unhappy, you got to do something about it. Okay. Well,
0: I am just delighted that you came on the show today. I think you gave our listeners some really good information that's so helpful these days. And you're addressing a lot of things that I'm dealing with on a day in and day out basis from both employers and candidates to help them with their discontent. So if somebody wants to get a hold of you, Allison, how do they do that?
1: Sure. I respond to all my emails. So it's allison with one L at changeagentcoaching.com where you can check out my website and see if you think I can help you in any particular way. But again, I so appreciative of being on your show and thank you so much.
0: Well, it's my pleasure. And all this information will be on my website as well, fairmont.com. You know, keep doing what you're doing. People need people like you. You're addressing issues, I think right now that are front and center for so many people. And having someone like you that has come from the background you have in the corporate world as a CPA and doing some wonderfully innovative things for yourself that you can share with others to make them as successful as they can be is a great thing. So my name is Marianne Philmark and this has been Career Can Do. We've loved having you on the show, Allison, and we'll see you all next time. Thank you. Bye-bye. We thank you for tuning in to our Career Can Do podcast. We make no guarantees on results for your particular quest, but we hope you enjoy the information presented. The views and opinions expressed in this program are solely that of the guest or speaker and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of Varian Fairmouth and Fairmouth & Company. Thank you.